We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners only 10% discount to Rotoviz by using the code RVRADIO22. That's E-R-A-D-I-O-2022. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here's the latest edition of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown, the post regular season edition and the FFPC world famous playoff challenge edition uh, of the High Stakes Lowdown. I want to thank everybody for uh, tuning in tonight and watching this. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, before we get into the show, I do want to remind everybody if you have not gotten in the FFPC world famous uh, FFPC playoff challenge, number one, what the heck are you doing? This is the perfect way to end the season $200 to enter, and you could win. Not 300, not 400, but $500,000. And it's super simple. You uh, pick your lineup, one player per NFL team. You're fading two teams uh, in this contest. Uh, you get the two extra bonus flex spots and you, uh, dra- or you don't draft your team. You set your lineup and then that's it for the playoffs. You don't mess around with it. There's no labor intensive stuff that, that you need to do with your playoff challenge team. You just watch them ride all the way to the pro football playoff championship, which I can't say Super Bowl, but I guess I just did. And uh, then double points in the pro football championship in that contest as well. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun this year. Somebody's going to win a half million bucks. If you don't want to fork over the 200 bucks, we get it. No problem. Enter the football guys playoff challenge, $35, and you can still win a six-figure grand prize. $100,000 is going to the winner who just invests $35 into that contest as well. Both of those contests, myffpc.com, they are live and they close out at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday afternoon, right before, uh, beg your pardon, before the Seahawks and the 49ers uh, kick off the 2023 NFL playoffs. All right, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's get into tonight's program. I want to welcome in my guest. 
uh, a guy who uh, has been on the high stakes fantasy football hour before, a guy who has two top 10 finishes in the FFPC main event, both last year and this year, eighth place last year, I believe, ninth place this year, I believe. Either way, it's two top 10 finishes in one of the most competitive, probably the most exciting uh, high stakes fantasy football tournaments out there in the FFPC main event. And he's been in the top 10 the last couple of years. We'll bring him in right now. Rob Linkowski, welcome back to the show, Rob. Thank you so much for spending your Tuesday evening with me. Thank you, Balky. And uh, again, I just want to thank you for everything you do for FFPC and for the whole fantasy world. I mean, I follow you very regularly and uh, all good things. Uh, I tell everyone back here in Pittsburgh about you. Yeah, Pittsburgh, which I think is going to be interesting because we're going to get in some Najee Harris discussion tonight. Because yes. he, I think not only, you know, because we're going to spend about half our conversation on 2023, but I want to spend the other half on the playoff challenge. But okay. this is a player not only you know well, but yes. this is a player that has been integral into your back-to-back -to -back top 10 finishes. So we're going to get into uh, that as well. So number one, everybody who's watching right now, everybody who's listening, everybody who's downloading, streaming, what have you, they're going to wonder, there are a lot of successful high-stakes players out there, Rob that have never finished in the top 10 of the FFPC main event. You have now done this in back-to-back -back years. Right. Mind-blowing accomplishment. Congratulations. Thank you. So tell us the secret. How did you do it in 2022, uh, 2021, and how did you do it in 2022? Were there any similarities to the way you drafted, managed the team, waivers, lineup decisions? Was there anything that you can glean when you look back on this year's team and you compare it, or last year's team, when you compare it to this year's team? I think very uh, similar. Um, I've always been a uh, heavy wide receiver owner. So I try and load up with um, two wide receivers. And then I, I typically always use those additional two flexes for wide receivers. But uh, for a lot of times I was getting stuck at running back. So last year and this year, I basically through the first and second round would go a top wide out and a top runner. So my thought was once I had that first top runner, I would load up my roster with wide receivers. So very commonly, I would go one running back and then four straight runners. But I can honestly say that the key the last two and even three years is I have hit the home run at the tight end position. So even in 2020, I believe I finished 37th in the uh, million dollar bracket or half a million at that point. In 2020, uh, all three years, I never owned Travis Kelsey. So as you know, he's been the number one tight end the last three years. But surprisingly or ironically, I have owned the number two tight end three straight years. <laughs> yeah. So in 20, and what happened is I've used the late round pick on him. So in 2020, I got Darren Waller at probably four, eight in 2021 to my uh, delight. I got Mark Andrews at five, 10. And this year, I took TJ Hawkinson at 512. So three straight years, I hit the second number tight end. So once I had that running back, I went receiver 234. I hit my tight end in the fifth round. And then from there, my, my basis of my team was, was already met, met. Were all those tight end picks your first tight end selection of the draft? In other words, you didn't go with a yes. tight end before those, right? Yes. Yep. All right. Yeah. So, okay, Rob, as you know, everybody who's watching this right now is going to be like, okay, Bulky, you got to ask him this. Right. Who's going to be the tight end two in 2023? Do you have any in insight into this? 
Great question. So you would say, I think one of your questions that you wanted me to uh, elaborate on is, do you think TJ Hawkinson would be that number two tight end next year where he very well could be, um, you know, at Detroit, he was doing, and when he got traded, I kind of said, I don't think it's going to get worse. Well, it obviously got very much better. So if I had to just say right now, you know, one week, maybe Friermuth in Pittsburgh, actually, you know, oh. I say my, my, for like a top two or three tight end where you could maybe get him in the fifth, sixth round, as opposed to spending a second or third round pick on your tight end. Okay. So, so Fryermuth is an interesting call, obviously. And it's hard for me to disagree with that because this is a player that was rising up uh, even yeah. in 2022 drafts. When you look at Hawkinson and, and, and we'll just handle the Hawkinson question now, because I think the way I want to frame this is Irv Smith got activated off IR. Right. Correct. And, and obviously Minnesota has plans for him. How do you think he affects Hawkinson next year? And how do you think the presence of Irv Smith affects Hawkinson in main event drafts next year? I think it will affect him a little bit. But I think, you know, obviously there's a reason why the Vikings traded for Hawkinson. And I mean, he got some high volume there. You know, even as you know, too, in the FFPC, when you get one point five point per reception at the tight end you get like three, four balls on some of those drives. It adds up pretty quick. So he might cut into them a little bit, but I think Hawkinson very easily could be the second, third, or fourth tight end next year. Is, Ir is Irv Smith – okay, let's, let's talk about Irv Smith for a second. Is yeah. Irv Smith the type of guy that if you wait on your second tight end in the FFPC, you would take a flyer on him? Is he the type of guy that if you already have Hawkinson, you would look to back Hawkinson up with Irv Smith? Or is he just a 100% flyer? Take him as you will. How do you view Irv Smith in 2023, Rob? I would think I, I, I wouldn't start my team with like Irv Smith, you know, but I think certainly if you have Hawkinson, he's a great backup because if something happened to Hawkinson. So, yeah, I wouldn't, you know, basically go into a draft saying I want to get Irv Smith as my number one at this point, you know. Right. But even if you don't have Hawkinson, you're willing to take a, a shot on him later? Sure. Or, or do you think there's better options than him? Yeah, I think better, better options than Irv Smith right now being, you okay. know, January of 2023. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's talk about Kenneth Walker because he was yep. on three of your teams yep. this past year. Now, was he on your ninth place team? He was. Yeah. So okay. uh, under my name is uh, one of my very good friends who's like my right-hand man in this, Robert Finkel. I literally speak, spe he actually made the, um, the million dollar bracket as well, won his league. Um, he, he's a very good friend of mine. We talked two to three times a day you know, asking each other's opinion. And then all my kids have a 350 league. They kind of drafted Kenneth Walker. too. And uh, I got to give a shout out to, I'm sure you're familiar with Cynthia Freeland on NFL. Absolutely. Network. No question. Just watching. It was like dinner time. I had the TV on and Cynthia Freeland said, take Kenneth Walker. He's going to win your league for you. Yeah. So, you know, once, once I get to those seven, eight, nine rounds, I like to take some upside rookies. And as you know, it didn't start off well for Kenneth Walker because Rashard Penny was having a nice year. So um, his injury really helped me. And, and the one thing I want to say, uh, Bulky, about this season that was different, like last year, I think I went 11-1 and one through my league. And this is a great plug for all those players out there never to give up. I was actually, if you go back through my, my uh, regular season, I was 1-5 in, in 12 points placed in my league after six weeks. Uh, unbelievable. I mean, not that I was ready to throw in the towel, but then a, a domino effect happened. Penny got hurt, so I got Walker. Damian Harris got hurt, so Ramondre Stevenson became more relevant. 
Um, Hawkinson got traded. And then another big thing is uh, the Carolina Panthers let Baker Mayfield go, who was, you know, had no rapport with DJ Moore. So um, four things right there. And then I literally got on a tear, won seven in a row, ended up being my point leader at, from week five to week 12, and then qualified for the million-dollar bracket. And the, the strange thing, too, was th- this year I started – I think there were teams in the million-dollar bracket. I think I started in the 700s. And then it, it, I just had a heck of a three three-week run that ended up in ninth place. Was that was that the highest you were throughout the championship round? Was ninth place? Yeah, and 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 that's a that's a great question too. I think what, at one point I think I got up to fifth or sixth, and then as we know, um, you know, we're, our prayers are still going for Demar Hamlin, obviously, and uh, you know, FFPC and all rights. It was in their rules that you know a game can't roll into the next week. I think because I still had James Cook left for that week, so basically I played with nine. Maybe I could have got up to like you know fifth or sixth. Because I I finished like eleven points out of fifth place, but you know it is what it is. I'm very happy and pleased with the ninth place finish. Yeah, and, and good for you, man. And that is awesome. I did not handle um, that Bills Bengals game as well as you did because it yeah. cost me probably three leagues, which is yeah. just it's insane. You know, know. I'm, I'm going into that side. You know, I'm going into the Monday night game thinking like I don't want to make this about me, but I'm going into the Monday yeah. night game and I'm thinking like, man, I got a chance for like four or five titles here. Yes. And plus, even if I don't hit it, I'm treated to this great Bills Bengals game, which, right. by the way, not a lot of people know this. It set the Monday night football record for most combined wins between yes. two NFL teams. And we, we didn't get to see it. And thank God that DeMar Hamlin is making this miraculous recovery. I just heard today, I don't know if you heard this, that after Naheem Hines returned that opening touchdown, he jumped up out of his hospital bed and ripped all these cords that were connected to him. I didn't hear and that. Was, Let's go, you know, and the doctors came rushing in because everything was beeping like crazy that, you know, it was insane. But good for him that he's yeah. he's recovering. I think he's in a Buffalo hospital now. Uh, he's yeah, good enough awesome. to travel. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's, so, so let's talk about what you just told me about Walker and Stevenson. You drafted Walker and Stevenson in that, in that mid-round, right, taking a Correct. shot at high upside running backs or what have you. You yes. had you had DJ Moore, Rob. Correct. Yeah. And, so and, go ahead. No. Um, so my first and second round picks, I went with uh, CD Lamb. So I got my first receiver, and then I went with Najee Harris at the two, and then I went with DJ Moore at three, and I took a big swing and miss. Even the good players, I took Allen Robinson, as you know, who just had uh, a tough year. You so, and me both. I did yeah. the same thing. And it then, and then I took Hawkinson at five twelve, and Bulky actually. Uh, at six one, I took the, it's the highest I ever took a quarterback. I took Mahomes, so wow. he was you know unbelievable this year. Um, seven eight, I went with uh, Stevenson, and ironically, I drafted before the first uh, Thursday night game. Right. So I'm a big, if you might remember from last year, big SEC guy, Georgia Bulldogs. You know, go dogs, national champs last night. Um, back to I, back. I, I love James Cook, so I took Cook in the eighth. And you might remember that Thursday night game against the Rams. One touch, one fumble, never touched the field again. Right. So subsequent drafts after Thursday, he was going like rounds 14, 15. So I really overspend. And then I took uh, Walker in the ninth round. So, Well, and it just goes to show you, too, like even if you have a bad draft or things don't fall your way in the first month and a half of the year, yeah. things can – the ship can get righted, you know, yep. which is why you never stop managing your team. Um, what was What was the – 
Okay, so the quarterback thing, let's talk about here for a second. Yeah. Because I think you and I are of the same mind on quarterbacks. I always historically wait. Um, now, a lot of people will draft a quarterback, um, uh, like a top three, top four quarterback, Rob, and then they won't draft the quarterback the rest of the way. I take I took it to the next level the last few years where I will wait till 10 quarterbacks are off the board and then I'll draft a Rodgers, a Stafford, a Brady, yes. um, you know, even a Prescott type, you know, guys like that. And then I won't draft a quarterback the rest of the way. I'm Correct. never doing it again uh, after this year because I was put into a corner, especially with my Prescott teams. And thankfully, I got lucky with Geno Smith. I got lucky with Jared yeah. Goff in some spots. But I'm never doing it again next year. If I take a quarterback, even if I wait that long, I am drafting a second quarterback. And I've taken it, the more I've thought about this over the last couple of weeks, I think I am willing to now be that guy who is one of the the, the quarterback cherry poppers, right? Yeah. I will I will take Jackson. I will take Mahomes. I will take Allen if they fall the, to the right spot because I am seeing the value, even in a single quarterback league, I am seeing the value on, on why you should be doing that. With Mahomes this year, I feel like I'm preaching to the converted, but the fact that you took Mahomes early in this year, is that going to affect the way you draft quarterbacks next year? I think so, because I was like with you, I would wait to draft like Brady, Rodgers, or Stafford in the 12th or 13th round and load up on everything. But when I saw Mahomes, it was so out of character. I said, let's go with it. And he probably, I mean, he was the number one quarterback, averaged close to 30 points. So I think I've converted, you know, it's nice having that top quarterback. All that, although that being said, you know, Herbert went right around where Mahomes went and Herbert didn't have that great of a year. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, and I think there's something to be said for that. And, and I think it's one of those things, I guess, here's how I stand on it. And you may, you know, feel free to disagree. Yeah. I, I feel like I am going to let the draft come to me at quarterback, something I've never done right. before. I, I always wait on quarterbacks and we'll see what happens. I'm going to let the draft come to me. And if I, if I like the value, I'm going to take it. If I don't like the value, I'm going to wait on it again. And yeah. that's just the way it is. You know, the one thing, Bulky, I'll say about this year that was different than a lot of others, I felt like there was never anything substantial on the waiver wire this year. Oh, totally. 100%. I'm not, like, I can I can count on one hand my pickups. Like, I picked up McCole Hardman. He had three good weeks. I picked up the Patriots defense. Besides that, Nothing really helped me. There was never anything on the uh, waiver wire. It was, it you know, years past, you could always get something that could plug in. That that has been a recurring theme, not only on this show, but the high stakes fantasy football hour. When I've talked to high stakes guests who have been competing against players like you, they've yeah. said the same thing throughout the season. There just was not that player no. um, that that was worth going all in for, or yeah. or a difference maker that maybe you didn't have to go all in for. That right. ended up crushing it. There just wasn't that player this year, which and you happens. you know like last year my team was very good right from the start and I had a lot of depth and you know sometimes that's good sometimes it's bad because like this year my oh, team yeah. was very thin like I had very few decisions to that I could possibly make from you know yeah. and uh, you know like if you got to start ten I probably had twelve viable guys so there wasn't much to choose from. You know we've seen that time and time again in these contests where. People are trying to win a six-figure grand prize, million-dollar grand prize. And I sent out the FFPC mailer, and I was like, okay, here's the winning lineup. And people are like, how in the hell did that roster win? It makes yeah. no sense, right? But the thing that that these thin rosters have the advantage of is, is the decision-making for your lineups. It, it's made for you. Yep. Like, you don't have to really sweat these lineup decisions like you might have to on, on a lot of deeper teams. 
which, I mean, the deeper teams can get you through the regular season, right? Correct. With five weeks and injuries or whatever. But when it comes down to it, yeah, man, it, based on how I've seen these people win six and seven figure grand prizes, give me the thin lineup uh, or the thin roster because the lineup is so much easier and you don't really regret uh, any of the picks uh, that you make as far as starts and sits go. Now, you know, as far as go ahead. comment there, um, like my partner, Robert Finkel, his team, he had a lot of depth. So every week he had like oh. five or six guys he had to pick two from, which you never sometimes don't make the right thing. Most Here's of the time, minute. most yeah. of the time you're not making the right decision with and something in like fairness. Like I'm not a genius here. James Cook, I had to play in my playoff run. He had two big weeks, weeks uh, 15 and 16. Here's something I want to ask you, Balky, and you might you might know the answer to this. The uh the team that repeated as champions, the Bills team, mm -hmm. you know, I think their main guy was Jarek McKinnon. Oh, yeah. It, in my opinion, if you might remember, Hardman was hot in the middle. I think McKinnon kind of took that Hardman role, and that's when McKinnon's points really picked up when Hardman's been hurt for the last six weeks. I, I think you're right on that. And I'll tell you how those guys won. Don Barani, uh, uh, Don Barani um, Sean Stutzman, and yeah. uh, Mike Costantino. Um, is it Mike or is it Nick? I always forget. I think it's Nick yeah. Costantino. Yeah. Anyway, here's how they won it. So number one, they went wire to wire in the championship round last year. They they yes. just absolutely crushed it. They right. went wire to wire. Like we had a B bag Batoba win the football guys players championship in back to back years a couple of years ago, which is insane to me. We think about like the better part of fifteen thousand teams. That's crazy. But to go wire to wire in a yeah. national contest like this, that just doesn't happen on any given year, much less back to back years. The when they won this contest is week fifteen. And and Costantino was talking to um, Mike Shope, former guest of this show, uh, not of yeah. this show, the HSFFR. Mike Shope, Buffalo uh, Sports Talk Radio, WGR five fifty, um, and and these guys are obviously located in Buffalo. And he said to him, Mike said to him, like, why would you play Jarek McKinnon and Zay Jones in Week fifteen when you had Bam Knight? Because this is when Zonovan Knight was just, yeah, you know, cash and checks breaking necks, right? Why would you sit him? Costantino told Dom and Sean, his co-owners, and I think I might have brought this up on the show, so I apologize if I'm repeating myself. It was a game theory thing. He's like, everybody's going to be playing Zonovan Knight this week. Let's yeah. sit Zonovan Knight. We'll yeah. play McKinnon and Zay Jones. And those guys, McKinnon and Zay Jones, that, that was the three-touchdown Zay Jones week. They combined to score like 70 points. And right. Bam Knight had like two. And, yeah. and, and, and that is when they shot up from 48th overall to first overall. And I don't want to say they coasted, but they put up big numbers after that. It sometimes is something as simple, and you know this, top 10 yeah. in the main event the last years, Something sometimes it's something as simple as one lineup decision that can Correct. make or break it, and those guys made it with that. Absolutely. Credit to them. I mean, I don't know those three gentlemen, but congratulations. They're awesome. And and hopefully we'll get them on this program going forward. They're making, yeah. I'm sure they're making their media tour right now. That's right. That's right. Back. <laughs> so we'll see what happens there. Okay. I want to get into this Najee Harris conversation because yeah. you're in Pittsburgh, and Najee Harris it, was he the one guy, the one constant between 2021 and 2022 in your FFPC main event top 10 teams? Yes, absolutely. All right. So let me tell you about my Najee Harris uh, um, experience over the last couple of years. I drafted him in a few spots last year. I drafted him in a lot of spots this year. Mm -hmm. And my contention was um, for drafting Harris, and I got him in the second round in a lot of drafts. My contention was I don't really care how efficient he is. He gets so much volume there yes. that he is going to pay off. Maybe he's not the highest ceiling guy in the world, but he's going to pay off in the second round. 
And obviously he sunk a lot of teams this year. Right. Um, he came on at the very end, but at, at the point I, you know, my Harris teams, they were dead in the water. I didn't have a chance. And it wasn't just with Najee Harris, but he right. had a big influence on why those teams didn't do well. So knowing where he went this past year, where would you be comfortable taking him in 2023, knowing that he was a borderline first, second rounder this past year? Where do you think he's going to go? Where would you be comfortable taking him, Rob? I actually, my son just showed me early uh, uh, projections for next year, and I saw him going 312. I'd be thrilled yeah. to get Najee Harris at 312. I I think I, I think Bulky, he's still a second round pick, you know, because of the volume. And what kind of just drives you crazy is the big thing that he lost, I believe he went from like 71 catches to 31 catches. Yeah. And Jalen Warren had a big part of that. Um, the thing with Najee Harris, though, if you watch that Baltimore game Sunday night, like Jalen Warren always came in on third down, but when push came to shove and that was the winning drive, Najee Harris didn't go off the field and he caught like four or five balls. And then the ultimate go ahead uh, touchdown there for the Steelers to beat the Ravens. So I'd, I'd be, I'd still be comfortable with him as a second round pick. He went, so I'm looking at this right now. Um, he went down in rushing yardage, 162 yards. Okay. Yep. I get it. He still had seven rushing touchdowns. Both yes. years, so each year. But you're right. The difference was a difference in 41 targets. It was a difference of 33 catches. And on those catches, it was about a difference of 240 yards, 240-ish yards. And yeah. that's where it was on there. Um, he had three receiving touchdowns last year, three receiving touchdowns this year. Uh, things like that are fluky. So, I, and again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Rob, but if that dude's out there in the third round, you're probably grabbing him everywhere in 2020. Absolutely. No question. You know, like if I see and, and we study those early like mock drafts and, you know, the 350s, you know, that there then I could get two receivers round one and two. If you give me Najee Harris in the third, yeah. I'm happy, you know, because then he doesn't, you know, not pressure is not the right word, but then he doesn't have the expectation for you or the necessity to to put up, you know, top 10 running back stats. Right. Right. At that point, top 15, top 20 is even fine. In the right. third and, round. So I think you go back to your point. point about the, the championship team with Zay Jones. You just said it too. The reason I started one and five was a lot to do with Najee Harris. But you, like you said, not many teams survived and got to the big bracket with Najee Harris. So he was kind of a difference maker those three weeks where he hit like 15, 16, and 20 points. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You had mentioned uh, the Bills' backfield. 
earlier yeah. with, with James Cook. Now, it's my understanding, and I have to double check, but I'm 95% certain Devin Singletary is a free agent. Correct. Um, upcoming. Okay. So Singletary could be gone from the Bills' backfield, although I think you could make the case that the best spot um, and really the best team, like the team that could benefit the most um, by signing him is the Bills. Yes. Like he could be easily be coming back to the Bills, maybe on a lot, not a long-term contract, but you know, a, a one-year prove it, whatever. Um, so are we going to see, regardless of what happens with Singletary, do you anticipate the same thing happening? Even if Singletary doesn't come back to Buffalo, do you think that they're just going to get another complimentary back to go with James Cook and it's just going to be running back roulette every week there? Or do you think the Bills, we might see an alpha running back with Buffalo next year? Because if we do, now you're talking about a first-round pick if that's the case. Yeah. I mean, if Singletary was out there and James Cook was the sole back, he's a first or second rounder. I mean, he's a lot like his brother. I, I, I watched him closely at Georgia. You know, I loved him. I kind of relate James Cook to like an Alvin Kamara, you know, coming out. So I, I thought big things of him. And you kind of saw the passing the torch there halfway to the season. And, you know, uh, Cook, I, I don't know if you remember that Monday night, he had two nice runs. He was, uh, he was getting loose that Monday night. It would have been interesting to see what he could do, but yeah, I don't think I don't think Cook's an every down back guy. So I think whether Singletary's are not not there, they'll bring somebody in. But I'm very high on James Cook moving forward. You know, I drafted him in a couple of dynasty leagues um, in in the mid second round in my rookie drafts last year, not yeah. expecting much, but yeah. knowing that the explosive possibility was there. And I and somebody have to knock my socks off with a dynasty trade this off season because I think right. I'm going to hold them and see what happens. I think it could yeah. be very very compelling. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's put a bow on the 2022 season. I want to look for, well, not quite put a bow on the 2022 season. I want to talk to you about the world famous FFPC playoff challenge, a contest I know you have participated in, yeah. in the past. Um, for anybody who's not familiar, you have to pick one player per team. So essentially you're fading two teams in the playoffs. You yeah. cannot stack in this format. You can't do Mahomes and Kelsey. You can't do cousins and Jefferson. It's just, it right. doesn't work. You have to pick one player per team, double points in the pro football championship. Okay. So participating in this contest in the past, yeah. Rob, what's one thing that you've learned, one piece of advice that you could um, give to our viewers tonight in order for them to achieve maximum success in this contest? I think you have to basically pick your bracket and then work backwards, you know, like decide who you think is going to go to the Super Bowl. And then you made another great point. You know, do you take Mahomes or do you take Kelsey? You know, well, Kelsey is a big difference maker over every tight end right now, except Hawkinson. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, I think you basically take Kelsey ride them as long as you can, and then basically, you know, get another quarterback that you think is going to go deep, you know, and I think that's what, what I'm going to try and do. I'll probably grab Casey or Kelsey off the Chiefs and then go with a different quarterback. All right, so let me ask you this, as long as we're talking about Kelsey versus Mahomes, because I, I feel like the last five years, people yeah. in this contest have had to make that call. I go Mahomes or Kelsey. The yeah. Chiefs are the odds-on favorites to win the Super Bowl this year, and we don't yeah. necessarily care about winning the Super Bowl in this contest. We just care about getting to the Super Bowl. Right. Um, Kelsey, and when we look at tight ends over the course of the season, it was a dumpster fire outside of Kelsey. Yes. Uh, we've seen flashes from Hawkinson, but it wasn't until mm -hmm. he got traded. We saw flashes of Goddard, and then he got hurt, and then Hurts got hurt. Yeah. Um, we've seen flashes of um, Mark Andrews, right? But now yeah. he gets the defending AFC champs in round one. You might only get one game out of him. So for you, the plan is Mahomes, right? Uh, or no, I beg your pardon. The plan is Kelsey for you. 
if the plan is Kelsey for the Chiefs, what's the quarterback that you think okay. they're picking? So I'm going to go with my Super Bowl prediction here. I'm going to ride Joe Burrow in the Cincinnati Bengals. I, I I think the best three teams in football. Burrow Kelsey is the way you're going. Yep. On this stuff. Yep. Okay. So yeah. I think the best three teams are the Chiefs, the Bills, and the um, and the uh, Bengals. Bengals. Yeah. And I think the Bengals are playing the best right now. So I think I'm going to roll the dice and go Burrow, and then I'll grab Kelsey off the Chiefs. What about who? Who's your okay? So knowing that, and knowing you can flex out tight ends in this contest. Yeah. Where does Goddard? Enter the conversation for you, Rob. Well, Goddard and another guy who had a great run is uh, Kittle. Yeah, absolutely. I was, I was thinking about Kittle. He had a great uh, three-week run here where he was really quiet in the regular season, and people won a lot of money with Kittle there. So, but definitely Goddard I, I, and, you, and you could and you could go with Kittle and Goddard yes. in this contest if you really wanted to, and it would Correct. make some sense. And you get um, that one point five. <laughs> That's and that's why I bring it up yep. too because well I was I can't remember who I was talking to this uh, about but we were talking about the tight ends in the FFPC playoff challenge and like a lot of the stud tight ends this year made the playoffs you know we've talked about yes. a bunch of them you know you had Kelsey and you had Goddard and you had Hawkinson obviously on this Kittle is another one but don't forget Dalton Schultz uh, yep. for the Cowboys as well I mean that's that's another guy that we should be considering here. Um, and then there was one other guy in the AFC that whose name is escaping. Oh, um, Dawson Knox is yes. another guy. If you think the Bills are going to go deep, you can make the case like, well, people are going to pick Allen and Diggs. Give right. me the Dawson Knox, and we'll see what happens there. So I think tight end is yep. going to be very, very interesting in this contest. All right. Yep. We have not talked about, um, and, and I think, you know, God bless everybody out there doing podcasts and write-ups on the playoff challenge strategy and everything that goes with it. But a lot of the times – short shrift is given to the teams that are expected to be one and done because they say, right. ah, you just, you pick your kicker off that team. You pick your defense off that team. But what I, I think the dolphins are interesting um, yeah. because they are explosive. We know what Tyree kill and what we know what Jalen Waddle are capable of. Now they're probably not going to have to a tongue of Iloa throwing to them, but they've been, they have been productive with Bridgewater and, yeah. and maybe they get Skylar Thompson. I don't know what happens, but how do you handle Hill and Waddle in this contest because they are going to be. I'm. I don't have any facts to back this up. I'm just sure that the majority of the players in this contest are going to be fading them because they are the seventh seed. Right. But they could make some noise. Rob Linkowski, yeah. how do you handle Hill and Waddle? I think I'm going to pass on the Dolphins. You know, um, I haven't set my lineup yet because I haven't. I've put it in till Saturday. But mm -hmm. you know, and uh, this is interesting too. Like Tyreek Hill, even last year, because I owned Tyreek Hill last year. He kind of quiet, got quiet here the last three weeks in the in the. Uh, well, he got and he got practice. banged up in, in week yep. eighteen, so he's not fully yeah. healthy either. Yeah, so you know it's funny because when I took CD Lamb in the first round, I was it was either CD Lamb or Tyree Kill, so I got to publicly apologize to my son because he was next to me and he's like, "Dad, you've had Hill for four years. Take CD Lamb." And Lamb got off to a rough start. Hill was yeah. big, so I. Publicly apologize to my son for that one, but I think I'm in the playoff challenge. I'm going to stay away from Waddle and Hill personally, and maybe the whole Miami team actually, because I think got to go to Buffalo, right? To Buffalo, yeah. yes. It's, yeah. it's not, and and I still think they're riding that Hamlin wave right now of just playing for him, and and there's yes. a lot of emotion with that team, and you can't really underscore that. Um, I, I think that is a it's a thing, and it yeah. means something uh, for Buffalo this year. All right, um, I think you and I are are in agreement that at least three of the best teams 
arguably the three best teams are in the AFC and the Bills, the Bengals, and the Chiefs. I think so. The, N- the NFC. Whew. You flip wide to open. that. It is wide open. You have the Jalen Hurts injury. You have yep. the Niners with a, a seventh-round pick as their starting quarterback. You have the Minnesota Vikings who have been outscored by their opponents on the season as, as the three seed. I yep. mean, and you have the four seed in the Dallas Cowboys who are going on the road in the first round. Yep. Anything can happen and usually will. Who is your pick uh, as far as teams go to get to the Super Bowl from that conference? And who is your pick from that team to be on your playoff challenge roster? I can't believe I'm going to say this bulky, but I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, and I'm going to go CD lamb, but I, I can't believe it because man, they can look real good one week and bad the next. I've never been a real big Philadelphia Eagle fan. Um, I think at some point the 49ers, they got a great system. I think, you know, Purdy might, you know, have some limitations there, but I'm just, and, and I saw what Dallas did to Minnesota. I'm going to go with a Cincinnati Dallas final. In the Super Wow. Now yep. that would be entertaining. Zach Taylor versus Mike McCarthy, Joe Burrow yep. versus Dak Prescott. Man, they're they're printing they're printing the storylines right now, Rob. If that I, happens, I know this is on tape, so I'll own up to it if they both get bounced first round. So, <laughs> and they could. I mean, we'll yep. see. Um, now the CD Lamb thing, because I know he was integral in your regular season success. Yes. Is there any bias picking Lamb on this? No, I, I would just say like uh, uh, if you're going to say Dallas is going to make the Super Bowl, that's who that, and I'm going to take Burrow. That I, I want probably the next most dynamic player from Dallas, so I'm going to take CD Lamb. Yeah. It, now, so okay, so at that point, like if the Cowboys make the Super Bowl, if you're planning on the Cowboys making the Super Bowl, you believe that Lamb would be the correct player to own over a pretty dynamic backfield. And yes. Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, pro bowler, Tony Pollard. And I guess maybe it comes into a game theory thing because I would think that a lot of people, if they're believing in the Cowboys, would believe in Tony Pollard. But maybe that makes that's what makes yeah. CD Lamb so attractive. And they have a pretty good tight end in Dalton Schultz, tight end premium format. Maybe a lot of people pick Schultz. Maybe CD Lamb's going to be underowned in this contest. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, so. I, I want to ask you one final question. You've been so gracious with me tonight, and I apologize for my tardiness. I blame no, the no. Better Sports Network and the draft I was in there. It was, no. uh, it was a whole uh, thing to do. All right, so one sleeper player that you have not given us already that is going to be on your FFPC playoff challenge roster or maybe on a couple of rosters, however you want to play it this year, a player that you think will be under-owned in this contest, we'll label it like that, and then a player that will be highly owned in this contest that you think is not worth his salt, that is going to be a big bust in the world-famous FFPC playoff challenge? Rob, if I was to ask you that question, who would your two players be as your answer? I would probably stay away from, because I think uh, I'm going to stay away from Austin Eckler, because I think Jacksonville is going to beat him. I got to, you know, that Charger team's a roller coaster. So I'm going to go with a Jaguar upset. So, you know, a lot of people might take Eckler because he's like a calculator when it comes to, you know, fantasy points. I'll stay away mm-hmm. from him. And then I think my sleepers are, we brought them up, either a Goddard or a Kittle, because I think they can both, you know, at least go to the NFC Championship there and get multiple games there. There's going to be a lot of McCaffrey owners. There's yep. going to be a lot of A.J. Brown owners. Yes. There's going to be some Devontae Smith owners, and obviously a ton of Jalen Hurts owners now that we saw him play in Week 18. I think that a lot of people, that that's like, okay, that's activation. You can safely play him in a lot of people's minds. I don't know if you can, but in a lot of people's minds, you can safely play Jalen Hurts now that he played in week 18. So yeah. I think that the Goddard thing is interesting. I think the Kittle thing is interesting yeah. uh, for sure um, going forward on this. 
Um, I think that uh, you have a handle on this. You have not only um, uh, have a lot of experience with the playoff challenge, but you have something that not a lot of people can boast about, and that is back-to-back finishes yeah. in the top 10 of the FFPC main event. I know you sent in. I saw it. I can't remember who sent it to me, but somebody within the FFPC sent me the image that you sent in of everything that needed to happen yeah. uh, in order for you to win the million bucks on Monday night. Obviously, didn't come to fruition, but it had to be quite a ride for you to to start that low in yep. the championship round and then see your team just crush it three straight, straight weeks, man. That is that is what we dream of, and it had I mean, to be awesome. You know, you know, Bulky, like when I finished eighth last year, I said to myself, you know, obviously we all we all thrive to make the million dollars, but I'm like, am I ever going to do better? So when I was sitting at one and five, I'm like, I should have retired, right? Go out on top. <laughs> and then it was just truly a magical run where, you know, and that, that you never know. So many times, like when I would talk to my best friend, Robert Finkel, I would say, you know, when you're one and five, he would say, Rob, you never know. It can turn around. And I even told him since this happened, you know, I'm sure we're saying that just trying to be nice. But this year is proof that just keep going. And then, you know, I, my team got hot at the right time, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all you need. I mean, we, we've seen this happen in, in multiple uh, championship rounds in, in our national contests over the last couple of years. Just it's like the NFL playoffs. Just get in. Get and in, then man. and then we'll see what happens. And once you get in, uh, that's where the magic happens. It certainly happened for you this year. Congratulations, sir. Back to back top 10 finishes. Good luck in the playoff challenge this year. Thank you. I certainly appreciate you carving out some time on a Tuesday night to hang out with me and talk fantasy football. Um, we'll definitely have you back at some point again. Good luck in, in all your leagues in 2023 as well. Rob Linkowski, thank you so much, man. My, my hey, Bulky, you're the best. Keep doing what you're doing. You're great for the fantasy football and that, and uh, I, I enjoy you. You're doing a great job. Thank you for everything. You're the man. I appreciate that, Rob. Enjoy the NFL playoffs, my friend. Okay, thank you. Rob Linkowski, ladies and gentlemen, the ninth-place finisher in the FFPC main event this year. Back-to-back top 10 finishes in the 2022 and 2021 FFPC main events. I don't know what I need to do. Like, you you saw it from the horse's mouth. You heard it from the horse's mouth here tonight. Um, a guy who's done it back-to-back years. I, I would I would contend that while it has been unbelievable what Barani and Stutzman and Costantino did going back-to-back in the FFPC main event, it is almost as tough to get to be in the top 10 back-to-back years uh, in the FFPC main event. It, incredible stuff from Rob Lankowski uh, tonight, and hopefully he gave you some advice on what to do in the world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge, which closes, ladies and gentlemen, in a little bit less than four days. You have less than four days to register your squads at $200 a piece to try to win a $500,000 grand prize in a $1.4 million plus prize pool. All you have to do is pick one player per team. You fade two teams. You watch that roster, ride it out all the way through the NFL playoffs. You don't have to tinker with it. There's no salary caps. There's no draft. You can put together teams in in minutes. I was talking with uh, my co-host on one of my other shows today who won $1,000 in the Football Guys Playoff Challenge last year uh, at just $35 to enter. Same rules, $100,000 grand prize uh, up for grabs. He won $1,000 last year. And he was telling people, like, this is silly not to get into it. You can formulate a team in, in two to three minutes, uh, you know, in this at myffpc.com. And you can turn $35 into $1,000. You can turn $35 into $100,000. You can turn $200 into a half million dollars. It's all at myffpc.com. 
Com. That will uh, complete tonight's show, ladies and gentlemen. Want to remind everybody: the Better Sports Network is uh, the home for the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show that airs live Thursday night from seven until nine p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, yours truly and a special guest co-host on the show this week, and then of course Friday night, ten nine Central, right here on this FFPC YouTube channel. Myself and the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship Commissioner Farrell Elliott will be joined by another high stakes player to pick their brains on what they're doing for the world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge as we will be less than 24 hours away from uh, rosters locking in that contest when we air that on Friday night as well. So make sure you're signing up for that, myffpc.com. And every mess, I should mention, there are a ton of great deals on FFPC Dynasty squads. Plenty of orphans out there, uh, reduced-price orphans that you can get a really good deal on. Some people that are motivated to uh, to move their teams. I always say this too. You know, yes, there are some bad dynasty teams out there, but a lot of these dynasty teams, it's players that have just gotten married, started a new job, had a kid, moved, and they just don't have time in their lives for these dynasty teams. And you can get a lot of great dynasty teams. Some of them have not even been uh, reduced price at all because they're really good dynasty teams. And if you want to take that over and compete right away, you know, it's the equivalent of taking over a team that's ready to win now and you don't have to do much tinkering on it and you can compete for a dynasty title in 2023. That's at myffpc.com as well. Thank you so much for watching, everybody. I want to thank Rob Linkowski, the FFPC, and all of you for listening, streaming, downloading, viewing, what have you. Uh, we will be back on this program for the season finale of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown a week from today at 10 9 Central. Don't miss it. We'll be back here on these airwaves uh, at 10 9 Central on Friday night with the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Thanks for watching, everybody. Be good. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast.